Hey everybody, it's Shaman Sister Sin, and you're listening to the Meditations and More podcast brought to you by littleshaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. Today I wanted to talk to you about something that needs to be understood when dealing with narcissists, and that is that narcissists are a fairy tale. To be clear, we're not just talking about a fairy tale in the sense of how amazing it appears to be before you know better, although that's definitely part of it. Remember that fairy tales often have a dark side. In many fairy tales, there is the appearance of safety or something pleasant that actually turns out to be something scary or dangerous. In Little Red Riding Hood, the wolf masquerades as the grandmother, whom he ate. In Snow White, the evil queen's stepmother wants to consume Snow White's heart so that she can become immortal, so she masquerades as a harmless old woman offering an apple that turns out to be poisoned. In Hansel and Gretel, the witch has a candy house that lures in children so that she can eat them. This is the relationship with a narcissist. Just like in fairy tales, the initial experience presented is an illusion. And also, just as it is in fairy tales, it's only once it's too late to turn back and people feel like they're trapped in some way that they're able to see how things really are. They are able to see how they were misled, how the illusion was constructed and carried off. It is only when people can see the reality that they can see how much of an illusion it really was. When you're in a relationship that operates so much in the realm of fantasy with so much gaslighting, so much unreality, it can be difficult to understand what's really going on. Who is this person really? Are they what they seem? Are they what they say? Are they what they show? Are they some other entirely different thing from all of those things? What even is happening? To put it very simply using our metaphor here, narcissists exist in the idealized part of the fairy tale all the time. For them, the candy house is real. It's attainable. There's no hidden dangers or strings attached at all. That empty house with the porridge and all that is just sitting there waiting for them to come in and have whatever they want. No bears live there at all. The illusion is real to narcissists because they don't live in reality. And so as long as somebody else is buying into it, they can buy into it too. Things change for you. You start to see the narcissist and yourself differently as you start to see through the illusion, but it doesn't change for them in that way. They still see themselves the same. The reality about themselves does not come through to them at all. What they see differently is you, and only because you no longer live in their illusion with them. Now they are the innocent, trusting child who has been tricked, and you are the wicked stepmother or the big bad wolf who tricked them, probably because you're trying to harm or maybe even kill them somehow. This sounds extreme, yes, but these are extreme personalities. They're locked in a literal death struggle with themselves, and they don't even know it. They think other people are the ones in their way. They think other people are the ones that are trying to hurt them. As soon as someone shows any doubt or resistance to the narcissist fairy tale, that other person becomes the villain in the story because only a bad guy would want to hurt other people and by doubting a narcissist illusion, you have mortally wounded them. It sounds so stupid, but it really does appear to be true. Anyone who has seen the way that narcissists react to having their illusions doubted, questioned, or God forbid, punctured with reality somehow can attest to that. To say they react extremely poorly to this is almost a laughable understatement in so many situations. It's read as an attack on the only sense of self that they have, and they appear to take it as like a death threat of sorts. That is why these relationships are doomed from the beginning. Unless you're going to live in their illusions with them and support these illusions, no matter how reality contradicts the situation, it's not going to work out. 
If you're not willing to agree and reiterate that your narcissistic mother is the best mother on earth who always puts her children first when she never has and wipe every single incident that contradicts this out of your memory, there's going to be a problem. Unless you're willing to agree and reiterate that your narcissistic husband is not an alcoholic, even though he drinks until he passes out every single night for the last 10 years and cannot function without alcohol, there's going to be a problem. It isn't enough for you to just not give a dissenting opinion. You have to enthusiastically endorse their fairy tale of themselves and of reality. You have to agree with it wholeheartedly. You have to behave at all times as if that is reality. You have to agree that they are the best and the smartest and that they're always right and everybody else is the worst and stupid and always wrong, including yourself at all times, in all situations, for all the reasons and also for no reason. If you're not willing to do that, there's going to be a problem. And the truth is, even if you were willing to do that, you'd still fail at it because you don't live in their illusion. Therefore, there are going to be times when you will inject actual reality into the situation, even if it's by accident. And then there's a problem, usually a big one. Why? Because this is all they have and you're ruining it. Their real lives are a bitter disappointment to the majority of narcissists. Even the ones who are successful never seem to be happy for even one day. Nothing is ever good enough for them. Nothing ever satisfies them. They are empty holes that can never be filled. And if they ever had the capacity for happiness, it was likely lost a long time ago. The only way they can manage at all is by playing pretend. If you disrupt that, you are bad and you don't want them to be happy. You're the bad guy. Narcissists aren't the only ones enamored with this amazing fairy tale beginning or the good side of these relationships either. It's very easy to become caught up in these fantasies and the other people involved are often just as caught up. And why wouldn't they be? The most loving mother, the greatest boyfriend ever, the best wife on earth, the most fun dad. The illusions they offer are very attractive. Most illusions are. The main attraction of fantasies is that they're not real. They are idealized versions of things and there's no better example of how this works than the pathologically narcissistic personality. Narcissists offer an idealized fantasy version of themselves and they interact with and react to an idealized fantasy version of other people. Other people fall in love with the fantasy version of the narcissist and with how the narcissist sees and treats the fantasy version of themselves. The problem is that since it's all an idealized fantasy, it's not real. And when the other person in the relationship attempts to make it real by trying to move forward into an actual relationship with expectations of things such as emotional intimacy, it just falls apart. The relationship cannot sustain even basic attempts to make it real, even basic expectations. Many times people are upset with themselves once they're able to see through the illusion. Hindsight is twenty-twenty, as they say, and just as with fairy tales, in relationships with narcissists there are often moments where people become suspicious, where they have doubts, where they realize something is wrong. In Little Red Riding Hood, she can see that something doesn't make sense about her grandmother. She doesn't necessarily know what it is, but she can feel it. She can see it. Something's wrong. However, the reality of the situation was not something that she ever could have anticipated or guessed, and that too is like a relationship with a narcissist. People often beat themselves up for missing, dismissing, or ignoring red flags in the beginning of the relationship, but the truth is, even if you acknowledge them, and even if you had tried to address them, how could anyone possibly know what these things ultimately mean? Because many people do do just that. They do see the red flags. They do acknowledge them. They do try to address them, but they still don't have any idea what the red flag behaviors can mean until it's too late, and how could they? 
Why would anybody think this is what the relationship is later going to turn into? Even people who have previously experienced abuse often cannot fathom how badly this can end up being. It's just not something most people are able to foresee or to pick up, especially when we're talking about relationships with caregivers and parents. It's not even possible for people to question these relationships until they're no longer children in the majority of situations. And to truly understand what the relationship really is usually takes much, much longer. If you're beating yourself up about red flags and why didn't I see this before, don't. Likely you did see some things and just as likely you had no idea that this is what it would turn into or this is what it would mean. Nobody can know that. They really can't. So give yourself a break. We don't judge the children in fairy tales. There's no way they could have known. We assume because we're adults, it's so different. But is it? How could you have known? How could you ever have guessed? The truth is, you couldn't have. And there's no point in judging yourself for not knowing what you couldn't have known. This is unfair and helps no one. There is one advantage we do have as adults, though. And in some ways, it's the key to the whole thing. As adults, we have power. The kids in the fairy tales go into the woods with the woodcutter who is supposed to kill them, or they go with the stepmother who then leaves them there to die. In real life, they get in the car with the stranger who says, oh, your mother sent me to get you. And it's not always because they're so trusting. Remember that in Hansel and Gretel, they left a trail of breadcrumbs so they could find their way home, specifically because they did not trust the wicked stepmother. They go because they're kids and they feel like they have no choice. That is what makes children such easy targets for predators. Not only are they trusting, they don't have the power that adults have. When an adult tells a child to do something, they do it. Not just because they're trusting, maybe not even because of that at all in some cases, but because they don't feel like they have any choice. As adults, we do have the power to choose and we need to use that so we can make that muscle as strong as possible. We can say no to things. We can choose not to do things. We can make up our own minds. This often doesn't sound like much to people, but coupled with the knowledge that we now have of how bad things can get, it makes all the difference in the world going forward because that's all the power we really need. I hope this clears a few things up for you. As always, I look forward to your comments, questions, and suggestions, so please keep those coming. I take appointments online over the phone, via text, via messenger, via email, and through Skype for clients worldwide. So if you're interested in speaking with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that. I teach workshops, seminars, and clinics. So if you're interested in seeing what we are running, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that. And if you're interested in joining our support group with access to exclusive content and weekly support meetings, you can visit littleshaman.org to do that as well. You've been listening to the meditations and more podcasts brought to you by littleshaman.org. That's me, Little Shaman. May the great spirit bless you. Have a beautiful day.